Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show in Author's Corner. And I'm excited to welcome the host of Author's Corner, Frank Fiore. Frank, how are you? Another wrestler, but this guy wrestled in the day when wrestling really meant it was like in the Attitude Era slash earlier before that with Hulk Hogan and all those superstars. Frank, how are you? That's great. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to hear from Billy what this. I know very little about the professional wrestling. Yeah, I know you do. But you're going to have to learn about it, especially if I'm my agency and you're my client, Frank, and I'm going to get you feels some different things. You're going to be playing the do some, wrestling game. Maybe we can do some thumb wrestling. <laughs> oh, that's it. But my guest, uh, again, is uh, Dave Sullivan. Dave, let's see the copy of the book. Go ahead and tell me the title of the book, and we're just going to have fun talking wrestling. It's uh, Meet Dave Sullivan, and it's just kind of just story of my life, how I went from football to pro wrestling and all that stuff. And then you went back after that, right? After pro wrestling, you went on to uh, coaching, right? After that fact, right? Yes, correct, correct. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I kind of teach coaching, and I, and I wrestle part-time, kind of like you work just to help out in certain towns, independence. Well, because you got the mind, and that's where I miss about the business, the old school way. So did you always want to be a professional wrestler? I didn't. I didn't. How about you? No, I uh, play in the NFL. My, both my dad and my uncle played in the NFL. They were on the original Broncos teams. So I grew up in Denver in my early years, and I always wanted to play football. I did like pro wrestling. I found it fascinating watching it, because back then, where I lived in Denver, Omaha, and AWA, of course, was the big territory back then. So it was always fun watching Dean Harley and Vern Gagne. And, you know, the guy from Omaha here that said he was from Germany, the Baron von Rocky and all that stuff. So kind of grew up on that. So he always enjoyed it. But my first love was football growing up. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, Frank, go ahead and ask him a pro wrestling question. Frank has talked about the word fake before, haven't you, Frank? So, you, Dave, you might get offended. But go ahead, Frank. No, it's okay. There's, I at what age did you feel you had, did you like to do wrestling? Did you like, what age did you do start doing the wrestling with the kids and your friends, things like that? Uh, it didn't really start till about 88, getting back into 87. I mean, I was, I got, when I got cut from the NFL with the Steelers, I went into coaching for a little bit. I was in college and I got my master's. And so, I was up in St. Cloud working, and they had an AWA event there, and Andre Giant was on the card, Jesse the Body, Ken Patera, and all these guys. And I had I was head of kind of security because it was a fundraising event, and so I got to meet them all. And of course, you meet the Giant, you're just like going, "Holy, you know, you you just don't realize what a large human being is." You stand next to him, and uh, and then I that's where I got the bug, and I started getting trained by Harley Race and Bob Geigel down there in Kansas City. I worked for Harley Race back in the day when he ran uh, out in Missouri, uh, and uh, so and I also worked uh, with him in St. Louis with Cowboy Bob Orton in the nineties. Yeah. So I got those opportunities. Yeah, I started with him in the eighties and did the same shit. Yeah, same thing. So, so we have a Cowboy Bob. come on a little similar path. I was a college basketball player, became a professional wrestler. Yeah. I did. I I look at it like in a lot of ways as a legitimate six ten. The business big guys were really big in the business at that time. When you could find a big guy, that right. that was the big thing. These guys look big. What are your thoughts on that? You know, now with how guys are so small, a lot of them. I know. I mean, I personally think. They're missing that. How do you have a call a heavyweight champion if you don't have a heavyweight? You're all mid right. You're pretty much all lightweight champs, really. I mean, you're not the heavyweight champ. The heavyweight champ's the big guy. 
comes in the ring and intimidating or he's a top heel or whatever. I mean, top baby face, but it's, it's, I don't know how you have, have a heavyweight championship belt and you don't have a big guy. I mean, Brock Lesnar carried it. He's a, I mean, he's a freak. So that's, that makes sense. But when they're, yeah. when they're 200 pounds and they're heavyweight champ, that don't make sense. It, it, the cruiser rates now becoming heavyweights and making it the business. You got to do flips and all that stuff instead of just being larger than life. I don't like that uh, side of it, especially it's the big guy. It's, right? it's, it's, it's gymnastics now. I mean, what the hell? If I want to turn that on, I'll watch the Olympics. Exactly. And, and but again, there, it's starting to be a little bit of a mixture, but we'll see. Go ahead, Frank, with the next there, question. This- We're going more in the book, but go ahead. But a Triple H, you know, I mean, he's a big guy. He's got to understand you got to have some big guys there. Yeah, I don't know why Triple H is doing that. It might be who knows. Maybe things will change. I don't know. Well, good, Frank. Yeah, is uh the, the wrestling uh the, the contest or whatever is it similar to uh the fights? Mad bantam weight, you know, small weight and heavyweight that have those kind of scales or what? Well, not, it's not like that. It was more cruiser or, 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 light, or lightweight or like the WWF, or even when they were the WWF, it was intercontinental. But you always had, you know, you had something for your tag teams, women's, and then you always had a, a belt for the, the slider guys so they could work. And then you had your big guys, the champs, you know, the one that drew the, what, I mean, Andre the Giant was an automatic draw. He walked in the building and it was like, they packed it just to see that guy. So I mean, it was the yeah. Ken Patera was the Olympic champion weightlifter, and you know Jesse's a big guy. Was ex, I mean, you just had a lot, a lot of guys six four, or like like you, you six ten. I mean, it was yeah, a big exactly. Man's game. I still have a shot, right? At fifty one, I still have a shot to maybe make a run, especially if I get the documentary and the following, because the business is all about a wow factor. Indies to get yeah. anything. I'm doing it for fun. Meaning, I'm not looking. I'm looking to make money in the documentary, and I'm about to do another right. movie. And all that. So I'm more intrigued by the other things. Like one good friend of mine, uh, an actor wrote a screenplay for the road warriors. And he's a pretty big actor and uh, we're looking to fund that. So doing this a movie Super. on the road warriors. So there's a That'd lot of good. things we're going to be kind of collaborating. Let me talk about specifically enough, you know, working at WCW when you work there, that was when the WCW is really starting to grow. Right. Kind of explain. Right. It really it took off. It just, well, yeah, it kind of all started when Kevin came in and, and, and uh, they really had Ganya was there too. Greg Ganya, he's one of the, one of the bookers and they really had a good friendship because they WA with, with Hulk. And that's kind of how, because Ted, if you listen to Bischoff talking, we didn't always know that behind the scenes. If they don't pull something in big, he was going to drop it, take it off air just because of all the complications they had with other issues, you know? And uh, inside the office, but then they, when they got Hulk, it just, and then everything kind of come together and we just took off. It was amazing. Frank, did you know that Ted Turner was a huge wrestling fan, Frank? Nope. Yeah, big time. I know he did a lot he of wrestling with, he probably did a lot of wrestling with Jane Fonda, but. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a big fan. He kept it. I mean, he kept, he was the down years. He kept on his TV at TBS. So, I mean, he, he probably saved that, that area down there, the NWA at the time. Now, working with Hulk Hogan and being in that era right before the Attitude Era, right? You were there, uh, you, you, you were around still some, but when you went to WCW, they were finally making a run and the whole gimmick with Hogan in a way and different things. And then with Kevin Sullivan, what did you feel about being part of that run and kind of part of seeing something special happen? 
it was it was exciting it was it was a lot of fun we were busy as heck and doing a lot of stuff other than just interviews and wrestling but with other things because of the Hulk coming in and it was a lot of excitement and then Kevin with all his knowledge of the sport he knew how to put the zip on it and make it really good and we kind of somehow put it together it was kind of it was a fun time all right, Frank, anytime to ask a superstar, WCW superstar question. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, yeah. What's, uh, let me ask you about this. You know, on Gutfield, they had, they had uh, Tyler there, right? Uh, uh, Tyrus there. And he was always wearing this big belt, the, the, the champion of such and such. What, uh, you know, what, what was he champion of? What was the, uh, you know, the, uh, the role or whatever, the, the, the game plan there? With Tyrus. Remember, he was with NWA at that time. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know what to give. They shot it down. It didn't last very long. I don't know what the whole I don't know the whole story behind that. That was kind of different. And then they did it didn't really go a lot of places. I was just wondering. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know the back I don't know the background on that. I really don't. Oh, well, he's done very well now on Fox. He has his own yeah, show. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing real well. Yeah, he, he changed it and did real well with it. Yeah. And you were around, like you so said, working with NWA and stuff. You saw Tyrus where he was like TNA, then went to NWA and then retired. Yeah. He's smart. He saw yeah. it. But ultimately, I don't know if he saw the, the big big picture because he's with Fox and all the different things because keep wrestling. If if he probably gets a bigger run, but maybe he just saw it as too much travel. That's the problem in the wrestling business. How much did you travel, Dave? Kind of go into that travel schedule. It was nuts. I mean, I worked for Burt and for USWA, and I was working six nights a week, and we were constantly on the road, one town to the next, just driving in cars. You were flying, but sometimes driving. But the schedule's just ridiculous. It was, because I, when I started out, I was started out in the beginning, of the, at the end of the territory business. So, like, you know, I was up in the up in the up in the PNW there with Rowdy Piper and all those guys, and even up there it's the same way. It was six nights a week. We're always gone, traveling town to town, and uh, trying to get a workout in between wrestling and all that stuff. And because you know, at nighttime we go out and have a good time after the matches. That, you know, you've been there, and and, uh, and then when you get when you got in the WCW or even Japan, even Japan it was the same way. And, and you did Germany. Germany was kind of nice because you went to a town. And you wrestled that town for you wrestled days. the whole three week, week there. Ten days. Ten days it was, straight. It was the best. Yeah. I would do that. That's the best experience wrestling ever. Because the same thing, the NW when we were the WCW, we'd fly into town and then we'd hit five shots and we'd fly back out. And so you're always you're gone. You just get your stubs and your and your information where you're going and you're gone. And sometimes you got two shots a day. You remember that you do on the weekends, you'd do a morning of early afternoon and yeah. late evening. No, yeah, so a Bert, or, or they wrestle you, and you're working the indies. You work three ma three matches. Yeah. These guys now, you tell them to work twice, they look at it like you're crazy. But Bert would, the late Bert Prentice would say, "Okay, you're opening your second match, then you're going to interfere yeah. in the fourth match, and then you're going to be in a tag match, and then we're going to be in the battle royal, and you're working that many times, you know, because you only have yeah. six wrestlers for the whole show sometimes." Right. I mean, no, it's you guys. People don't realize. How much you know you work and how, how many days you can work when you get on that roll at circuit so i mean yeah it it was it's 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 it, you gotta admit it's hard you've done it so it's hard on your body you need a break every once in a while you just do because you're always gone but the older you get the more it feels and i'm admit. feeling it now at my comeback just taking a bump a couple times yeah but i i can roll in so many ways and 
I'm just trying to get back in shape, and it's exciting. But you got to admit, you did. You've done the Germany and, and Austria tour. That's the best. There's nothing yeah. better. You go to that town. You, you stay there for 30 days. Meet great chicks. I mean, it is a blast. Oh, and you don't I, have to yeah. drive around everywhere. Then you go to the next town, do the same tournament. It was the best experience ever. Yeah, I only did it where it was only he. Otto was closing it down at that time. Rhino was Rhino got me on oh, okay. a tour, and it was like we did ten days, but still, it was it was one building ten days. People were like, "Why are we running one building ten days?" But that was what they pretty much did in in uh, Brent. Just the tournament. Yep, just the tournament. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they all believed it wasn't a work too. It was they no, were they, 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 it, they showed up and they believed it. So it was Steph. You know that. We were there. I got in a shoot with somebody in the ring. Because those people. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they want they want they want to see something real. It's called catch for a reason. Exactly. All right. Go ahead, uh, Frank, with another. So like, so Dave has his book out. Author to author, Frank, what author question would you like to ask Dave? Because, you know, that's the big thing. If he was a Western author, you'd have 20 questions, Frank. But go ahead and what questions, because the author is an author. You guys are brothers. Paul's a brother. I've still not written a book yet. And I've represented authors for 10 to 15 years. It's coming soon, but I want a New York Times bestseller. Go ahead, Frank. Okay, okay so this is a biography, okay. right? Yes. Right. Not in the history of... Uh, of the uh, of, of wrestling at the time is that part of this book or is it just about your life yes yeah yeah that yeah the, and it was about how i got there and then kind of how what wrestling was that at that like at that time yes yeah okay so you had to do a lot of, obviously you're pulling from your own life experience and you're pulling from uh the industry what the the, the, the wrestling industry okay uh did you have fun writing this thing yeah. or what what is a, a toil <laughs> it kind of both it was fun because it brought back good memories but it's like anything it's got to it's, it's it's work at it and everything else and try to think everything and then put it in chronicle order and all that stuff so yeah it's it's time consuming you as you well know you're an author you've done it a hell of a lot more than i have so i mean it, that's but it's fun to do it when you're done you're happy that's so right. why did you write it what was the reason now for writing the book <clears throat> my fo my football coach here that played for here at UNO, Sandy Buddha, he wrote a book on his coaching career. And we were out I, at some uh, alumni event. We were talking, drinking. You know, you should write a book, Bill, about your life because it's an interesting thing about you and you made it all the way to the top. And you should just do one. So I kind of, he always coached me up in college. So he coached me up there and I went ahead and started doing it. See, everyone does it. You, you, here's a stat for you guys, all you authors out there. 90% of the people want to write a book, but only a very short percentage, I think 10 to 20% have written a book. Can you believe that? So there's tons of people out there. We have our own publishing company, Holloman Publishing, oh, really? Paul Hollis and I, and Paul's in the back end right now, uh, where we help authors, more of a vanity publishing type of thing to write a book, you pay, we'll do the cover, editing, and all those different things. But so many people have a story. And you know, Dave, you and I talked to, we could tell stories all day long about professional wrestling or any of the things. You playing with college football. Yeah, but also college football. College football, yeah, yeah. football. We have stories galore. I have as a college basketball player, the stories of those experiences. How much was it like saying, oh my gosh, I got to write this stuff down and remember this. And 
How fun was it to kind of reminisce? It was good to reminisce. It's a pain to remember because you know, like when you live like we have a, a good, decent life, so you've been in a lot of things and happened a lot of things. It's tough to always to put them in the right order. They're in your brain, but to get them out and put them in the right order so it makes sense. Right, and Frank, that's and the hard part. Like right? you know that you know you're following the right thing. Frank, you know, and Frank talks about it with me all the time about the process of a writer, especially he writes fiction books, and that's that's rough, Frank, isn't it? All the things you have to come up with. Well, yeah, it's uh, it, well, you, you got to create your universe, and and then you work out you know the plot of the people in it, whatever. Now, I've also written nonfiction books. I've written several. In fact, I had. Uh, two bestsellers of uh, 25,000 copies they sold. It, it, it has, it's got to be do with how to, how to create an online business. And the way I write, the way I write a, uh, a uh, nonfiction book is basically I create a PowerPoint uh, presentation. And, you know, I start with the uh, part one, part two, part three. What am I going to say about in part one? What am I going to say about two? Break them down by slides in part one and then sub-slides and sub-slides. When you're all done with that, you really, uh, all you got to do is just write it all up and you've written your book. So that, that's my process and how to do how to do nonfiction. Wow. Did you do a ghostwriter? You did this I, all yourself. You did it all yourself. I, no, I had a ghostwriter. John Fye helped me. Okay. And, but you, as a, as a, you're a coach, were you a teacher too? Or just coaching when you've coached? No, I, I taught, I taught. And I, now that I'm semi-retired, I teach, uh, I teach substitute, I substitute teach. We just got a day off today because there's no school today. Thank goodness. <laughs> Why is there no school today? Because well, holidays coming off. up. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you taught what? You, what subjects did you teach as a teacher? I I was always in physical education or strength training in college. Uh, now I, because of my degree, I can I teach about anything. I I've been in sped one room one day, and then last week I was in I was in the pack room, which is all the kids at the school that are in trouble in the back room so i gotta keep them all aligned and then i've been from uh kindergarten to 12th grade so done it all and i joined i i like the variety variety because then you get to see what other kids how they're growing up and kind of help them exactly i like to give back no I, I, that's fantastic i mean we lived an amazing life that's the thing i look at you know, especially even though I didn't, I gave up wrestling a lot earlier than you did. And I wrestled about, I guess, six years, but it was a, an unbelievable six year ride. And now I'm going to make mm -hmm. another ride. And I, so I guess I'm not the retired, you. but I definitely don't want to say I've been wrestling 30 years. No, I've been wrestling seven or eight years. That's how I always will put it. I won't say I, but as a podcaster, radio host, TV host, I've interviewed 20,000 people. I've done over 15 years in this business and I know this business and I could talk about it all day long. That's why I'm become the media giant. So coming back media giant, Frank, you like that gimmick, right? That's perfect for me. Don't you agree, Frank? Oh yeah, sure is. I don't do. You, you're so connected with so many media people because of your wrestling background. I mean, come on. You just, I used part of that, but I learned the business. So how much of your life is wrestling? This is a great question for any pro wrestler that truly lived the business you did the territories i did a semi-territory and i worked a bunch for an independent in the attitude era uh didn't get to where you got i wish i would have had the opportunity but i guess i should never give up right if i go viral who knows you might see me on you never know in a year there's not many 610 guys that can work right 
So they never know right. what happened. But looking back at this, how much did you learn from wrestling you use in your daily life? I do it all the time because we learned so much about psychology. These guys don't know psychology anymore, but I sure as hell know psychology. And I able to really we do. We do. and look we at how the human brain because we're carnival act. We, we were taught how to be carnies. And carnies yeah. uh, are the best people to understand and really know as much as a, a licensed psychologist, in my opinion. Right? Right. Well, I think Jesse the Body said that the best one time. When they asked him what, about being governor, he said, hey, pro wrestling pre prepared me more than anything else I did in my life. How to handle people, deal with people, and realize it's all magic tricks. It's all a work. Life's a work. The you Chiefs know, winning the Super Bowl all, was a work. I, I'm telling work. you. It was a work. And, and what's going on in our political systems a work and the whole damn thing. They all get along. They're all friends. And they're all laughing at the audience getting mad oh, they're, at they're, each other want to kill because they're, they're getting paid. Yeah, the, the, the people that call it a uni party, that's right on. That's what they are. They get behind closed doors. You're dang right. Now you go out and you tell them this. We're going to tell them this. We'll get them already. We'll, you know, and then we'll do, then we'll do it. <laughs> well, I definitely want to have you back on again to talk exactly. wrestling, especially we're going to definitely hook up. I'm telling you my documentary, which I'll be announcing next week, uh, Indiegogo. I want to travel. I wrestle in about 17 States. I want to wrestle in every one of them in the documentary. And I'm looking at, I never wrestled in Nebraska. I guess I did in Omaha one time WWE. So I got to add that to the list. Maybe that'll be one of the last ones. And I want to go to Bremen, Germany as well to do it one more time this this whole kind of feature uh cool. where can people get your book and find out more about you i know you're doing are you doing any signings and stuff for your book and all I'm that i'm gonna do one I'm gonna do one this weekend at mma show mwa show in grand island nebraska then i'll be doing one down at here saturday dj's dug out uh on the 27th on a tuesday uh there at the bar uh, doing one there here in Omaha and then I'll start probably doing some around the Midwest but if you're coming here to do a thing help me help you get something set up let's do something in Omaha or Lincoln Nebraska and have oh you bet I'm going to talk to you about what's going on in the documentary talk about some of these other films I'm being involved in we're going to collaborate in some way that's the power see this is what I'll tell you right now if any author anyone does not create a podcast podcast is the future of meeting people and if you have the skill set and you want to put the time in, you can meet anyone. Paul Hollis, who's on the side right now listening, has interviewed celebrities with me. I have clients that co-host with me interviewing major celebrities. And it was just so cool <laughs> catching up. And I just saw a Facebook posts and I just reached out to you and sent a DM. Go figure all those different things. But you are on one the number six celebrity podcast in the world, according to Feedspot. My celebrity list is well, a mile long. But we're going to add you to the wrestling list on my website. You saw I interviewed Stone Cold, Triple okay. H, and all that. So there's not a lot of guys right. that have this kind of uh, leverage. Well, I appreciate it, man. Best place. Is appreciate it Amazon? It. Do you have a website or do you go to Amazon? To yeah, it's on just Amazon and look up Meet, 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 meet Dave Sullivan. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank hey, you, Frank. Frank, we'll I'd love to always have you on. You seem like it seems like we're we have some kind of similar backgrounds. Leaving wrestling Let's to be love educators. To work, love to work with. Yeah, love to work with you. All right, tell appreciate those it. Two other, tell those two other guys it's great to meet them. All right, you're listening, watching Thank the Neil you. Haley Show, and also Authors Corner. And we'll be back in just a moment.